Hey you guys, Elisa Keaton. I'm so, so, I'm smiling today. You know why? Because I love meeting new people, especially people that I know you are going to love. And today, I had the joy, the pleasure of interviewing Jessica Honiger. If you guys know her, she's the founder and the CEO of Noonday Collection. Any Noonday ambassadors out there? It is the world's largest fair trade jewelry company, you guys. It is social entrepreneurship. And honestly, I just have to say, those of you that are Revelation Wellness instructors, such are we. (laughs) This is social entrepreneurship. And for us, this holistic message of the gospel, she uses jewelry to bring hope into nations of people that have a need and give women power and purpose and a call here in the United States and, and throughout the world now. And so I just felt a real connection to her vision and her call. And um, not only that, her book, you guys, Imperfect Courage. I encourage you. Can I give you more courage and encourage? I encourage you to go get it. It's a life Live a life of purpose by leaving comfort and going scared. This book, I picked it up by about chapter two. I'm like, okay, I got to get her on this. I got to get her on the podcast. So it's been a while since I've had someone to to bring to you an interview with. I'm going to do more of it. So I would love to hear who you would like to have on this podcast. If you know someone that we need to know and our people need to know, let us, let me know. You can follow me at Instagram at Elisa Keaton or at Revelation Wellness. But if you want to talk directly to me and find me, find me there and tell me what you want and who I should know because I just love introducing you to people who are lovers of God and lovers of people and they will light your fire for whatever it is God has called you to do. So Jessica talks today about, she actually has pretty much a whole chapter in her book about body image, shame, wellness, kind of this coming into her, knowing herself and trusting herself in her body. And that is so important for anyone, for anyone who is going to say yes and complete a call on their life. You can't, you can't try and just divorce yourself from the whole being you are. And this body is going to try and get in the way if we don't tell it where to go and what to do in Jesus name. So she shares a lot of that. We hear about her going scared and what that was like for her. And um, she's just really a good time. You guys are going to feel like you're having a conversation. So get a cup of coffee, tea, water, whatever. Go for a run. Take a listen to this. And I can't wait to hear what you think. So be sure to share it with someone. Show, Tag it. Show it. Put it in your Insta stories. Let us know that you listened. And tell me what else you would like to hear in the future. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. Enjoy this. Have a great day. Hi, Jessica, and welcome so much to the show. I'm so honored to have you here. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, you were saying you've done lots of podcasts, but this is the first of a wellness one since the release of the book, yeah? It is, and I'm wondering if it's like a God timing thing because I have been off my normal like my normal rituals that keep me grounded in wellness. And so I'm like, uh, this is a sign. And then for my podcast that I have called Going Scared, I'm interviewing my first sort of fitness wellness person on Friday Mm -hmm. named Jessica Goudreau. Okay. And so I'm like, uh uh-oh, uh-oh. This is God's way to kind of (laughs) get me back to center. Yeah, no guilt though, no guilt. You know, I tell people, seriously, because, you know, um, 
you talk about vulnerability. I'm in this this personal development thing right now, or just you know championing our call. And they asked us to say, you know, what's the lie when people meet me, or, or that you think people have to confront? And one of the common things that people say when they see me is they go, "I'm afraid of you," only because of the fitness part. I'm like, no, there's no fear here. Like, there's just this yeah. wall, or somehow people think there's a judgment when it comes to the fitness part. Or, right, um, it, right, it hits on the topics that you hit on on well, your. People feel that way about me because of the fashion piece. So people there often go. think, like, am I dressed cute enough? Oh, am I come wearing on. fair trade? Like, oh. so I know I have to be intentional that that's how people kind of perceive me, even yeah. though it's the last thing I'm, like, thinking about it all. But we, but people put that on me, and I need to be aware of that so I can just take it right off, you that know? That is so good. Amen. That's, a, that's such a good reminder. There's such a lens that we all carry with every yeah. – even when we don't want it. Like, I know people want relationship with me, but they're just confessing. Here's my fear about you or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. All right. So, Jess, okay. Her, your book, Imperfect Courage, it came out, like, what? How many months ago? A couple months ago in August. Okay. And um, tell uh, – you guys, just so you know, the title of the book, and I put this in the opening, but it's called Imperfect Courage, Live a Life of Purpose by Leaving Comfort. And these two words, going scared. Good. Yes. That is a good phrase right there. Going scared. Um, so tell me, why did you write the book and who'd you write it for? Yes. Well, I wrote the book because I think I had this perception about courage, that courage was for just a few heroic people who aren't afraid and are really confident and don't have insecurities. And they're just able to really just go and get stuff done in the world. And my experience has not been that. My experience has been, I've been like really afraid. I still hear the voices in my head that are like, yeah. you actually are not the right fit for the job. Um, and I still hear those, but I just don't let them hold me back. I've decided that I can be afraid, but I can go anyway. And so I really wanted to write it for that person who's being held back by fear, yeah. who's letting her fears keep her seated on the proverbial couch, that's letting uh, her fears keep her scrolling and yeah. keep her drinking her wine and watching her Netflix. <laughs> and I really wanted to write this book as an invitation for her to stand up, to stand up to face her fears and to walk through her fears by walking out the front door of her house and seeing that there's a world in need and that she is the solution to the problems that she sees. So good. Okay, now for context, you guys, and I, I know I've set this up, but you're the founder of Noonday Collection, which is the world's largest fair trade, correct? Fair trade jewelry. Yes. I mean, that's so crazy. And how many years ago, This it's not long ago that you started this. It was eight years ago. I mean, probably seem, does that seem long to you or has it? I, you know, yes and no. Yes and no. It's like, <laughs> gosh, I think Sarah Blakeney of Spanx was just celebrating her 18 years. And on, I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. But then like I interviewed someone for my podcast yesterday, Allie Webb, the founder of the Dry Bar. I listened to, yeah. She's, she started her, her thing, uh, her company the same year as Noonday and they're like a hundred million. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's a 
all about comparison, I guess. Yeah. And we're each on our own journey. So I try not to compare and totally. instead just kind of like look at other women to be inspired by them. Yeah. But it was inspiring talking to, to Allie and just like, wow, you know, in, in the same amount of time that I started New Day, you've built your business to $100 million, And I'm just really excited about the potential that New Day has to continue to grow. You know, you strike me as someone so like, I get you. I know that sounds weird. I'm sure you have a lot of fangirls and all that stuff. I'm like, I get this woman because you have two handedness. One is this vision of like, you know, what you're you know, the person that you're speaking to. You're, you're going after their heart. You know your why. And yet, you strike me as someone who also has the, you have the potential to become a loose wire. Like, you can make things happen or, like, you won't yeah, put it yeah. down. You're tenacious. You'll go after it, right? right so how, right. how do you balance those two places? Of not, and you, I think you talk about this in one of your final chapters of, like, knowing when you have to lay your burden down because we will, yeah. we'll just take it too far. Yeah, and you're catching me <laughs> after a book launch. It was about three months ago, and I've been on the road for about three months, and I've been hustling hard, and I've had a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, my dad had a really big health crisis a couple of weeks ago, and during my little break that I had planned for myself, I was suddenly sleeping in the ICU on a recliner chair oh, for a man. few nights. and. Mm -hmm. He's okay now, but I think the combination of all of those things has definitely led me to um, a week where I'm feeling kind of what I probably was ignoring over the last couple months. Mm -hmm. I probably was not paying really great attention to my body, um, mm -hmm. you know, especially mm -hmm. since I drove through Chick-fil-A and drank a milkshake the night my dad's <laughs> in ICU. <laughs> Girl. That's a red flag. If you find yourself in the Chick-fil-A line, that's just no, not ordering the grilled chicken, but getting the milkshake, that's a sign it is, that you're yeah. probably not the best place. So um, this uh, week, I'm really grateful for this week because while I am a, a runner and I go after things hard and mm -hmm. I have a lot of enthusiasm, mm -hmm. I know that in health, it's my rituals that keep me uh, boundaried. And ultimately, mm -hmm. I think we all thrive in boundaries. And mm -hmm. um, I, for me, my boundaries, my rituals that keep me grounded are, are meditating and mm -hmm. exercise mm -hmm. and in eating well. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I'm on the road, all of those things become more challenging for me to practice. And yeah. so it's crazy, though, you know, now after enough years of, you know, having those practices disrupted and then coming back to them and then having a season happen and then coming back to them. You know, I think so much the challenge is not about the starting of something, but the restarting of something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and so, so I think that's what wellness is because wellness is a lifelong journey and yeah. it can't be just about this moment in time where you decide you're going to be healthy, you know, <laughs> because we all decide that, you know, well, tonight I'm going to drink the bourbon, you know, um, or whatever else. And so it's all about coming back, right? Amen. And that's really the journey of wellness is how do you come back? How do you just keep coming back? And so um, I love that this week is my coming back week and I get to have Good. a have a conversation with you about Good. wellness. Good, um, yeah. So I think you know, I hold those tensions by um practicing rituals that uh, keep me boundaried. That's good. And you're hitting on like, you know, shame resilience too. The fact that when mm -hmm. we, we think when we have expectations, when we put expectations of what we think it's going to be, uh, especially in our own strength, 
then we'll fall into that pit of despair because we didn't make it happen. We missed a day or whatever it is. And then how the, the resilience is part of the wellness and shame is such. We're going to get to that because we wow. share two lovers of uh, Brene Brown, of course, who endorsed yeah. her book was just like you had to have been geeking out big time. I was like, I could care less now about making New York Times bestseller when Brown endorsed my book. Like, we're good. We made it. Seriously. And we kind of became, you know, semi-friends through the process. Come and, on. And it's, yes. It's a real So thing. good. Okay. So I do want to talk about wellness. We're going to get there. But I, I really want you, because I want people to buy this book. So I want you to share the story of um, when the going scared for you when you were going to start Noonday Collection, you had no idea what you were doing. And that's what I love about you. Like I have said that to my team so many times. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no pedigree to be in this role with a nonprofit, international leadership. Court. Like I don't, I don't have any of this training. Um, and when you felt this call to like have your, you know, sell some of these goods just to see what would happen. Explain what that was like, because again, we have these instructors who they set up these classes and hope that someone's going to come. That yes. whole fear yes. of what if nobody shows, yes. come on. And, yes. and, and it keeps us in isolation in a it world where, where we can just go, well, I, I kind of have friends or I kind of have people and they're social media people, but what is it like to put an invitation out for something that never uh, been done before? And yes. you just tell a little bit it of the story. So here. much courage. Come on. It's, yes, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yes. I mean, I think that ultimately we're still that person sitting at the middle school lunch table wondering yes. if anyone's going to come sit next to us. Yes. And, you know, it's so funny because um, white boots are back in. And they were super in in the 80s. Okay. Wow. They're Again, like, wait, this is a fashion tip, everyone. I did not know this. Fashion tip. So I got myself a pair of white boots the other day, and I was reminded of Can't Buy Me Love. That, <gasps> that movie, Can't Buy Me Love. Okay? I forced my daughter to watch it, and she's like, I don't get it. She did not like it. I'm like, are you crazy? Stop it. Oh, my God. My husband and I, like, forced our kids on this last weekend to sit down. I'm like, y'all, it's time to meet Ronnie and Cindy. Yes, it is. And... It's, and it's like all about the geeks and the popular kids and like changing yourself in order to fit in instead of just Ugh. belonging with yourself. Yes. And such, such a good one. But I think ultimately we're all kind of the, the Ronnie, you know, sitting at the nerd lunch table and thinking, gosh, you know, it, it, is anyone going to sit with me? And ultimately people didn't sit with him. And so I think we have this confirmation bias yeah. based on some of negative experiences. Yeah. And so, you know, negative experiences are like uh, Velcro, whereas positive ones are like um, Teflon. And, and so, you know, it really is a matter of us when we're facing those new situations, we tend to rely on a confirmation bias that's negative instead yeah. of going, you know, someone has showed up for me in the past and I bet someone is going to come. And so instead of planning for success, we start planning for failure come and on. hedging our bets. And yeah. I definitely think that's what I did when I'm having this first trunk show. My husband and I are in a pretty horrible financial situation. The The recession had hit Austin. We had decided to adopt, had already walked down that road. Paperwork was going on. And yet we didn't have any money out in order to fulfill this adoption, which we had felt like we've got a son. He's, he's there waiting for us in Rwanda. We can't let a financial obstacle hold us back. And through a series of circumstances, I had connected with some friends living in Uganda who 
had said, why don't you sell some stuff um, <laughs> made from made by Africans and see if the, you could start a business. And at the time when they said that, I was like, you're crazy. And then suddenly I'm financially desperate. And I'm like, mm, you're not crazy. You're that baby. That's brilliant. I am that actually. desperate. Yeah. So I did. I opened my home one night and I wasn't just selling the African goods, but I was like getting out grandma's dishes and I was getting out my clothes and anything <laughs> that, you know, someone wanted to buy that was for sale. And I love the fact and that was, you are a real, you're in the realty business too, like a realtor, right? I, and so inviting people yeah. over to your house where you're selling your child, you know, yeah. It just says, exactly. it says vulnerability. It screams vulnerability. It was so vulnerable because, yeah, we, who is going to now hire us to be their realtor <laughs> when we're so desperate of a situation where I'm selling grandma's china, you know? <laughs> so I was afraid of how I was going to be perceived. I was afraid no one was going to come. Mm -hmm. That's always the fear. Mm -hmm. And I remember that day arriving and just going, I just wish I would never have signed up for this. Like, mm -hmm. I think I should just cancel. No one, you know, it's no big totally. deal. No one's going to come anyway. Yeah. And, you know, I just so glad I didn't cancel because that night women came, women showed up for me. And yeah. there's something powerful that happens when we physically gather, when we physically yes. show up for one another. And it is because of that one night that Noonday Collection now partners with 4,500 artisans around the world. Yeah. And the the African goods that I sold that night, it was made by this young couple, Jaya and Daniel, who yeah. didn't have food to put on the table, yeah. didn't have their kids in school, didn't have a home. And they now, now have 100 full-time employees. They now have two cars and a home and their kids are receiving a great education. And it all happened from this one night of saying, yep, come on in. And so, you know, we just don't know what is on the other side of our fear. Yeah. And come on. it's just not worth it. It's not worth it to stay seated and decide yeah. to let our fear be louder than our bravery and our courage. And yeah. the only way through our fear is literally to stand up and walk through our fear. Like you can't go around it. Yeah. You just have to walk. And I just want this book to be this invitation of like, what's on the other side of your fear? On the other side of your fear is your purpose. It's your impact. Yes. So like, let's this journey and let's do it together. And I think that was the power of that night is that courage is contagious. And so when I had other women believing in me and saying, I want to purchase this product, I want to show up for you. Of course, that gave me a little bit more courage to say, okay, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to ask someone else now to open up their home. And, and I just kept putting those but be one in front of the other. And then mm -hmm. before you knew it, I could look back and now there was a path of courage behind me. And then I was forging ultimately a path for other people to walk down as well. Do you ever think to yourself, I mean, I know this probably everyone asks you this, but what if you didn't do that night? What if you I never mean, said yes to the, to, would you sell some of these goods and just see what happens and make a couple hundred bucks? Like what did, is yeah, there, and I think you've got to have, that mentality, like instead of planning for your failure, plan for the possibility, plan for the success. Yeah. Because I think then when you can envision success, you can actually see, wow, the stakes are actually high. 
Like yeah. if I don't do this, the stakes are really high. Yeah. If I don't show up for that person, like when you can own my presence matters, my yes. purpose matters, Ooh. how I show up in the world matters. Come on. When you start to own that, then you start seeing, gosh, if I don't show up, I am literally taking away. I'm, I'm ripping take, off people. I'm ripping off. I'm, yes. I'm ripping them off. Yeah. I'm robbing them mm-hmm. of me and what I have to give and what I have to bring. And so that's why I think it's so important, you know, that we got to stand up and own our voice and own who we are and that each of us, each of our presence matters in this world, you know? Yeah. I might have a socially conscious fashion brand. You have a wellness visit, wellness business, but we all have presence that matters to someone in this world, and we've yeah. got to use that. Yeah, so good. Okay, let's 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 transition to chapter four. <laughs> chapter <Okay>. four <laughs> is your own your worth chapter. Um, you do definitely have a heart of of recognizing the story of your body, your body image, the things that you've yes. had to to battle. Um, you talk about, I don't remember the name of your girl in, in grade school that you, you were doing the, was it during the presidential test? Did you, did you have oh, that? Oh yeah, girl, the presidential Come on. fitness test. Okay, I have to, um, oh, yeah. I kind of ribboned every year in those, go figure. But I was the girl, I was the girl holding the rope at the like, front. No, my girlfriend's name was Beth. She was the one that probably went on to win the Olympics. <laughs> I was the slowest girl in the class. And so you were my best. That's I was, okay, girl. I would have been go. Beth, but I was happy to help. And I love how she thought this would help. So Beth decides to help her friend Jessica out by. What was the- Coach, the coach actually oh, the coach was said the, the coach of the PE that's, coach is like that's wrong wants to improve my time she's like uh-uh Jessica nope you we got to get your legs running faster so the coach hands one end of a jump rope, rope to Beth the fastest girl in the class the and hands fastest the other girl end of the in the rope. class not the, the girl fast- just one notch ahead of you but the no 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 no, no. <laughs> No, the fastest. And she's like, ready, set, go, Beth. And like Beth runs me around the field while I'm barely holding on my sweaty little palms to this jump rope. Wow. I'm not able to keep up. <laughs> and, you know, the message that I internalized is no matter how fast you run, you're just never going to be able to keep up. Man. And that's a message I took into, you know, into my adulthood. You know, this idea that I, I can't run at the right pace. Okay. And this idea that there was some sort of stopwatch at the end of my performance that was like there was a right time, there was a winning time, and then yeah. there was the wrong time. Then there was like, just... No matter what, no, how fast I ran, I was never going to get the winning time. Okay. So I'm going to now read from your book, from Chapter 4, if you don't mind. It says right after that, you say, I don't know what your jump rope is tethered to, but I could take an educated guess. If you're like 100% of the women I am friends with, work with, live near, or encounter accidentally in the checkout lane at Target, then here are a few things that I've dragged, are still dragging, or will someday try to drag you around that field accompanied by a taunting voice that yells, keep up. First point, how you want others to perceive you. Second, your past mistakes or successes. Third, your social media accounts. Fourth, the size of your genes. Fifth, your children's grades, athletic performance, and attitudes. Your seemingly infinite to-do list. The women I encounter and the one who greets me in the mirror each morning tether themselves to all sorts of things that for, for ever remind us that we are not enough. 
But if there is one thing that seems to top the list for most women I meet, one thing that drags us across the field, huffing and puffing and totally unable to keep up, it is this, our own narrowly defined and heavily airbrushed definition of beauty. Mm. That girl. It's true. Mantra, like, come on. It's crazy. And I remember reading our best friend, Brene Brown's book. Yes. Uh, I believe it was Daring Greatly, or it could have been The Gift of Imperfection. Yeah. Because here I am, you know, I'm like third year in into noonday. It's going really well. We faced a lot of early success. I'm a, I'm a mom of three. And yet my biggest struggle is like my body image. I'm like, what on earth? Like, the, it shouldn't <laughs> be like this. And I, and I thought, this is nuts. And I, then I felt shame about that. You know, right. like, I should be this confident woman. And then I remember reading in one of Brene's books that said that the two things that women struggle with the most are body image shaming. So shame around our body and shame around our parenting. And I was like, okay, I'm not alone. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, girl, you and those are you do go on a lot in terms of and I love it, like go on in a great way about parenting and being in, you know, feel called to something, especially yeah, sometimes yeah. within for us, it's within the for me, Revelation Monus is a nonprofit, a faith based like Christians, how we, you know, are women to be this, this um, hungry for impact, right. you know, like, is that is right. that wrong? And so how do we balance that? But the body shame it just, we just ping pong back and forth between those we two. Do. So we do. where and when did it start for you? And like, and let's go a little bit more into that because this, I know our listeners are leaning in now because it's when they know yeah. they're not alone and it doesn't matter how many times you hear it, you need to hear it again, that this is how we demystify the lie when we can go, oh no, I, that's normal every day, the battle that I face. So when did it start for you? The shame or yeah. the healing? The shame. The shame. Well, I mean, I do think that, you know, on top of sort of like being the slow person in the PE class, you know, I did go to Weight Watchers when I was a very little girl. And to this day, my mom, I don't know, my mom sees it differently than me. And that's, you know, maybe it did happen differently, but what matters is how I remember it. Mm -hmm. And I just remember uh, being in line with a bunch of middle-aged women and I'm like this little eight-year-old girl and just waiting to like step up onto that scale and see mm. this number that was somehow going to measure my worth in the world. Yeah. And I remember going to summer camp and all the other little girls that, um, you know, were just wearing their little tiny two pieces and, wanted me to kind of bounce them on this little uh, blob thing that, that was one of the camp activities. So I think that, um, and yet I think I grew up in a culture that um, very much valued appearance. Mm -hmm. And I grew up hearing Jessica, you're so beautiful. And Mm -hmm. my dad especially just thinks I hung the moon. Mm -hmm. And so on one hand, I'm, I feel confident. I feel beautiful. And on the other hand, I feel just big, too big, you know, not the right size. Okay. And that really started me, especially just starting to diet. I started dieting at such a young age. And so, you How know, old? the cycle. You know, How old would you say? I, mean, I was, I think I was eight. I was eight. Wow. You I were... remember recording the little, you know, here's how much I can eat today. Yeah. Checking off my little boxes. Yeah. 
So I started dieting early and I kept dieting up until probably three or four years ago. And is that where the story of Jeff, the trainer, like enters in? So let's integrate this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm, you know, so when you struggle with body shame and dieting and then you get pregnant, it's like there's a whole nother layer because suddenly (laughs) now I'm like having to weigh in and it's like just echoing all of these horrible memories I have of weighing in as a kid. Yeah. And I remember laying on my couch when I was about six weeks due from having my first and I'm like scrolling through the TV and then I see Heidi Klum strutting the catwalk for a Victoria's Secret catwalk on TV. (laughs) And I'm like, wait a minute, Heidi Heidi just had a baby. Uh So I like look it up online and sure enough, there she is on the cover of People and Uh she's like, the baby is six weeks old and she is walking the catwalk. And so in my head, I was like, oh, that's cool. I guess baby weight just kind of falls right off. <laughs> that was my first one. So, you know, seven months later, I'm walking into a trainer and I'm like, wait, I, Heidi Klum, she just kind of like lost this baby weight. And this guy, Jeff, who was a friend as well, which was awesome. And he just looked at me and he's like, you know, Jessica, you never looked like Heidi Klum before. You're not going to look like her after. And why do you want to look like Heidi Klum anyway? Wow. Like you've been getting the the perfect body for you. Yeah. And I think that was the first time I realized I had such a crazy standard of beauty. I mean, I literally was comparing myself to Heidi Klum. I mean, you know, she's like a professional supermodel. I yep. mean, you know, she's like a, she's not real. Yeah. And so that is, that was when it was like, oh, wow. Like I've got some crazy perfectionistic standards for myself. Yeah. And that is why that's my jump rope. I've been tethered to this perfectionistic standard. And no matter how fast I run, I was never going to get the Heidi Klum right body. Come on. You know, no matter mm-hmm. what. Mm-hmm. So it was really, um, that's when I began to really cut the jump rope and began to embrace that I have my own pace. To yes. Run yes. My own race to yes. run. And I don't have someone, you know, especially God isn't standing there with a with a timer at the end of my race. He's running right with me. He's running at the pace that he made me to run at. Amen. And that's when I think some of the lies started to finally were held up to the light and exposed for what they were, we which go. which were lies. There it is. Yeah. And and I think to myself, like I am desperate for of a, a diversified array of color of women and size and shape and health there is health at every size I believe in that fundamentally it's at every size you can't your DNA code tells you you're gonna need some weight on your hips he was like a lineman I mean you know Mm -hmm. and then now I have three kids one of whom is adopted so we were able to you know noonday was successful and we went on to adopt Jack yeah well he has a typical athletic African body. Mm-hmm. I mean, the man is just solid, yeah. trim, but like muscular. Built for that, yeah. And, and you look at my other two kids, they all eat the same, but they're just <laughs> they're just more built, right. like right. more German, you know? Right. I mean, they've got German blood. Jack has African blood. So 
I mean, I, I, it's true. So I'm glad that you just said that because I don't think that we certainly don't hear that. We certainly don't see it. We don't see it. I think we're seeing more, I think more and more. I hope we're going to see it more. I think as we as women step into it and not just do it as a, we have to really mean it. You know, people know, and that's why it's a work in process. We're constantly in work in process, but people know when you really feel free in yourself. It's contagious. It's like, what yeah. is that? It comes through the eyes. You're not so inward looking. Are they looking at my belly? Yes. Are they looking at my thighs? When you're so self-absorbed, you're not available mm-hmm. to the others. And so as so we true. continue to do the work, continue to show up and the shame of what am I thinking about? Where is this lie that's keeping me from being present? And I'm ripping these people off because I'm so concerned about me. And I think to myself, like it would be, it's demonic to think we're all going to look one way. It would be like you creating one earring for the rest of your life. Like one thing, that's it. You wouldn't sell. That would not, nothing about beauty or, or um, you know, interest or imagination would spark in anyone. It'd be like, well, there's that one earring again. And so it's so interesting. Why would we believe that lie? I just wonder where about it comes that. from. And I know it's media, but at the same time, we're filled with so much media now. I'm just, I'm hungry to see, let's see more diversity. Let's see, let's own it. But we have, we have to step into it. So we do. And I mean, it was a big deal because I posted a picture of myself in a swimsuit a few months ago on Instagram. And that was definitely a moment for me to kind of go, you know what? I am embracing my curves. Like I'm not trying to be Heidi yeah. Klum anymore, yes. you know, I'm just, yes. I'm me. Yes. And, yes. and I, that I still have people tell me that that brought them so much freedom. Amen. And, you know, and, and I, you know, I work out regularly and I'm athletic. And so anyway, I'm, I'm also just like, you know, I can be proud of my body too, you know? Yes. Be, it is such a gift. This is the thing, this thing, you know, I recently, my mother passed away and, mm. um, when I was there, when she passed her, and you watch the spirit leave and it's this body and it's a body and it's a shell. But here's the thing, as I threw myself a little bit over her and just cried, it's all I've ever Mm -hmm. known her through is her body. So, you know, it's kind of like, it's a beautiful thing. I would not, it was just, I would give anything to have that body back to give me a hug. It was the vessel. It was the vehicle. It was the thing. It was never about, she never had six pack abs or her, her thighs touched. Who cared? That woman loved and spoke and fought for her family and that body. It's kind of that same. Have you ever heard that quote that mother Teresa, or there's a, a saying that said, Mother Teresa didn't have time to worry about her thighs rubbing together because she had to do. Like, she had stuff to do. Like, "Ah, I don't got time for this. I just feel like we're we're constantly feeling this pull to have to do this, eat that. So you mentioned in your book that the the Jeff, the trainer that was kind of helping you go, you know, you're you're measuring yourself to an ideal. And your husband loves you, who you are, as Mm -hmm. you are. Um, and he kind of, and you were still asking for more, you know, well, what can I do now to like count the calories or this? And then yeah, he just goes, Jessica, yeah. you know what to do. You know what to mm. do. And, um, I'm going to read again as, as you heard that it says, this is again in chapter four, you said, as I stood panting in the gym, this truth proved hard for me to swallow the dieting journey. I'd begun at age eight had taught me that my body was not to be trusted. Hunger was not to be honored. Oh, that's a good statement. And lean cuisine, lined path stretching before me would invariably lead to a new and better body if only I followed the rules. However, Jeff's words compelling me to trust myself, I'll say that, and let go of my dream for a fitness formula disrupting my lifelong fix-it approach. 
He began to show me that my body was not a problem that needed to be fixed. My body was a gift that needed acceptance and nourishment. I want to know, based on, and this was how many years ago? You said three years maybe or so that Jeff said those words? Like, Jessica, you know what to do. The Jeff thing, that was actually, that was more like 10 years ago now. Okay, 10 years. So what has your, what is trusting yourself look like? What is in your body? You know, and this is that tension because on one hand, you know, it's like, it doesn't mean you just throw caution to the wind. Right. Right. And I think that it's just, um, I'm so comfortable when someone gives me the rules, you know, don't eat sugar, don't eat carbs, don't do this, don't do that. Um, (laughs) and yet it's intuitive eating, you know? So I think, and I don't know if he used those words. He really was just saying, trust yourself. But then when I was introduced to intuitive eating Mm -hmm. sort of after that, um, because so Jeff is presenting this to me, but I'm, I'm pushing back on him. Like I'm just like, you know, I'm pushing back. So I pushed back a lot. (laughs) Like, no, you want evidence. I need to prove. Yeah. Yeah. I need something that's going to work. I need something that's going to work. And you know, it's interesting because um, I actually called him and started working out with him again recently, Good. a few months ago, as I just was like, you know what? You have been such a voice of reason for me. I also ended up going to a therapist that kind of focused on body image and working with people who had disordered eating. Mm-hmm. So Jeff was kind of the beginning of kind of showing me like, oh my gosh, I've built so many things on lies. And so I worked with him. And then I started noonday and then, you know, was not yeah. committing. I started exercising, but, you know, going to trainers like a whole yeah. nother level. Yes. And then just, you know, decided to go to a therapist as well because yeah. I felt like I've got some d- deeper stuff to do. And like kind of the questions you're asking, like, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. And how could I dig back through some yeah. of those things? Um, yeah. But, you know, to this day, like, like I said, I'm, I'm coming off of a couple months of not, and I literally called Jeff. So I was in a, I was calling Jeff once a week as we weren't even working out together. I was just calling and having a 30 minute conversation. It was like, this is how my health is going. Good. And then the book launched and I literally been on the road and I was like, <laughs> and I've done like 50 podcasts and yeah. it's just been yeah. really crazy. And I kind of made this decision. I was like, Jeff, like this is just a season. The next couple months are just crazy. So yeah, totally. we're out. We're out. And so now here I find myself on the other side of that going, oh gosh, okay, time time to get back. So that is where in the past the tendency would be to be extreme. Yep. Right? Yep. And of course this weekend I'm daydreaming about I'm just going to fast. I'm not going to eat this week. So I mean those <laughs> thoughts still come, right? Sure. But it used to be obsessive. Gripping, yeah. That used yeah. to be the only thing was just, mm. and then, then the, then the Sunday eating, right. Mm. To, because of the Monday diet. So I, I mean, been there for years and years and years. So mm. it really is victory, honestly, that I'm able to say right now that like, I just come back to center this week. I'm not Praise doing God. anything extreme, you know, yeah. I mean, good. I'm, I've got sugar, I'm eating less carbs, I'm exercising, but I'm not like crazy ninja, whatever, you yes. know, so I'm doing what I know is best for me. I'm doing the next best thing for my body and I'm waking up the next day and I'm just doing it again, you know? And, and I just, yeah, I love that. That's what you say. You know, ultimately it's like, 
Oh, it's just such a paradox, right? Of holding the tension of like caring and loving our body Mm -hmm. because it is the temple in which we do show up for others. Totally. Totally. A million percent. It's a gift. It It -hmm. is a gift and Mm -hmm. we've got to take care of it. You know, I feel like oftentimes, especially as Christians, we're like keeping each other accountable for how's your prayer life? You know, how's your marriage? But it's like, how are you sleeping? Come on, girl, you're preaching. Yes. And the it's basics. like, if you come to me and tell me you're depressed, I'm going to say, how are you sleeping? Yes. How are you eating? How are you yes. exercising? Yes. You know, like those, yes. take care of those three and like, it could very well clear up a lot of your other stuff, you know? So our body is so important, but then it's also holding the tension of like, but it's not the, the ultimate, point. you know, idol, the point, yeah. you know, the beauty, the making yeah. it the perfect, yeah. making it just so yeah. I'm saying that it take requires a lot of effort to hold these tensions. Yeah. And I'm I'm still right in the middle of it. And love it. but I I'm doing it. I'm making those choices and I love it. I do grapple sometimes with I do think that there can be moments in time where you really tighten up, you know? I do agree. Um, we I think there's yeah. times that's what we would consider, you know, I know when we're when you feel called into a fast, like, you know what, I have really just been going deep end with sugar. I've been using, you know, whatever it is that then it's all. But but I always encourage our audience and people to make sure the Lord is in it, like because that's what keeps us integrated. It's the, the spirit of God that integrates us to our soul, to our heart, to our mind. And if we we can do a fast for the sake of the body and the body will reap some benefits. But if we want it to be something that will go beyond the body and, and benefit me yeah. as a mother, as a wife, as a friend and, and my relationship to God, then I have to go, God, invite him into it. And it becomes a, a more holistic experience. But I do think there are times and places to go, I got to yeah. like take this thing and right. hold on to it. A bit. And I think true intuitive eating. So my therapist was so true intuitive eating. And so she would really be, you know, there's no bad food and like, mm-hmm. just eat to your hunger mm-hmm. and eventually. And I'm like, you know, I get that. But I also think there's a point in time where it's like, you know, and she would just say food is fuel. So, you know, mm-hmm. but there's really never going to be a time where like eating like red velvet cake is Come like on. a great choice <laughs> for my body. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, like, like, the science is in. The science is in. The, 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 the yeah, sugar the is not is doing anything for us. Yeah. It's not doing one single thing for us. So, yeah. you know, I think for me, I can kind of rely on that science and, mm-hmm. um, you mm-hmm. know, but I, I do have this personality type that's like loves possibility and optionality and I taste my way through all the things mm-hmm. and especially when I'm traveling I kind of like to experience life sure. through my taste so I'm reaping that now and yeah just, it's just you know, a forever journey for amen. me you know amen that's why I hold it loosely up a few pounds down a few pounds the Lord does not love us any less for weighing more or nor will he love us more for weighing less it's being present to the season you are in and you are in an abundant season so be yes. in it, enjoy it, and practice a, a sober mind, you know, just staying yes. present to the moment. So it's so good. Okay, now I, w- I want to know, because people always, we're always fascinated by, tell us your, what's your choice um, for cardiovascular activity? What do you like to do? Yes. Okay, so I solidly did boot camps for years. I have to do group exercise, first of all, okay. because otherwise I'll like go to the gym, get on the elliptical trainer for 10 minutes and be like, great job. <laughs> Yay me. So, 
I have to have the pressure of group fitness. I hurt my ankle back in January and I'd never really had hurt myself before. And so I took up spinning um, okay. because it was easy on my ankle. Yeah. And I totally grew obsessed with spinning. You got the so, bug. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I do have it. Now I have to be careful because I am already kind of live off adrenaline. I'm a high pusher mm-hmm. anyway. So mm-hmm. sometimes I've just really had to listen to my body and be like, you don't need the loud, crazy, intense music and that experience today. You just need to like go on a walk, you know? Mm-hmm. So I have to listen to that. Um, and then I just started something new as well called solid core and I'm actually interviewing her, the founder, uh, for my podcast as well. Okay. And it's Michelle Obama's workout from Washington, D.C. So it's like a it's a really intense Pilates, but with a reformer kind of machine. Ooh. And I'm writing it, it down. Def- it, it's a more intense workout than I've ever done. I think she has about 40 studios around the U.S. now. So you um, going you go to this studio called Solid Core. I do go. Interesting. Okay. I do go. It's close to my house. Um, they, they don't have the best times that work for my schedule. So I'm kind of trying to figure that out, but it is definitely one of the hardest workouts I've ever done. Really? It just feels, it's all strength. Oh, it's so, it's harder than spin. Okay. I've done Pilates. I, mean, I still have not, I've heard some, I've tried it. Trust me. Well, I've done all the Pilates. I have not had one where I'm like, wow, but you know, this one would kill you. Where do you live? <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona. I wonder if they have one in Phoenix. I'll look I would it. totally want I'm, you to. I'm gonna, yeah. I'll Google it and I'll I'll tag you if I go. I'm like, I'll try. I am literally, I try new things all the time. Like I'm always like, what else to do? Oh what my God, fun? this was like, so intense. Okay. Holy cow. Okay. So I'm doing, those are the two things I'm doing. And then along with just, you know, walking, running. Um, but yeah, even yeah. yesterday I went to my spin for my, for the first time in a while. And I just like cried at the end. Like I just needed it. Yes. You girl, it is a, there's our bodies hold on to so much energy of yeah. everything, good, bad, what, and it just, it's meant to come out. That's why emotion is, is energy in motion. That's what an emotion is. It's wow. energy in motion. So we're all this energy. So when you go and focus your energy in that way, and with the intention of, okay, if there's anything in me that needs to come out or I need to feel something, let me feel it, which is so part of the, how you ended with vulnerability too, talking about um, just this, you have to feel your feelings, like feeling yeah, our feelings is something that brings and continually uh, breeds well, wellness in our life. So it does. you're yeah. good. You are, you are good. You are like a well, one of the most well-rounded leaders of a business of uh, by the way like one of the top what did it ink rated you what go ahead brag on we yourself. were the yeah 39th yeah fastest growing company 39th um, fastest yeah. growing company uh, everyone i hope you hear that a woman who just opened her doors to sell some 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 goods for a trunk show uh, not knowing if anyone would come leads to that so don't hold back for sure. Okay, and then finally, what I don't want to keep you too long. I know you got so many things going on. Um, tell me, <laughs> I'm stealing this from Jamie Ivy. Stealing it. Three things you're Go loving. Go. Three things you're loving. Three things I'm loving. Okay, so I'm loving Solid Core. Okay. I'll just have to have to go with that. I'm loving Brene Brown's new book, Dare to Lead. Oh, did you get an advance? Is it out, or you have an early copy? It's 
Um, she did mail me a copy, so I got one early, but it's out. It's like a week, maybe two weeks out. Oh, I am so, you so gotta get, late get it, girl. to it. What happened? I've been under, yeah, oh, girl. well, I've been caring for my mom, but I'm back. Let's go. Okay, so yeah. that book. <laughs> Dare to Lead. And then another thing I'm loving, I mean, if I can just say just, just being at home with my family this week, you know, I don't, that's not a physical thing, but that's honestly what I'm just absolutely loving right now. That's awesome. And white boots. And white, I think go-go boots. When I think white boots, go-go boots come to mind. But yes, we, um, not Ronnie, tell me her name again. In Cindy. Camp by me, Cindy. Can't buy me love. By the way. Maybe I'll cut this out. Did you know it did not end well for her in real life? Oh. Yeah. Google. Uh, it's not pretty. Okay. <laughs> I was so, wondering what happened. She's so wondering. beautiful. Like, right? Because I remember wanting yeah. to be her. Like, she is so right? beautiful. So, I mean, the girl who was not going to be her with the dark hair, five <laughs> foot one. Either way, I wanted her car. I wanted the white convertible rabbit, the whole we deal. Did. We did. We <laughs> did. But well, at least um, you can go some white boots okay gonna, that I'm, can be i'm gonna sir. look at some white i don't know I, i'm five foot zero like white boots on this girl go to nordstrom nordstrom.com okay again go check it out i've All got right. some little mules they're like not full-on boots they're oh, like the i could do that okay because i'm thinking like tall knee-high boots or something no 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 no, no. okay i could do that That'll work. You go tell me tell me what you think. <laughs> All For right. real, we're gonna become DMing buddies. I'm on gonna DM already- and tagging, and if I have the the courage to put them on. But you're like, how tall are you? Five what? Five five. Okay, I thought you're I thought you're like mo- see your fashionista self makes me think she's model size, top tall. Oh gosh, yeah, no, that's you part know. of the that's part of the problem. No, it's not. <laughs> it's part of the diversity of beauty. Hey, my daughter's Thank five, you. five. I love it. All right. All right. Well, oh, thank you for being here. All right. Thank you so much.